0: Welcome to Slashers and Spirits, a horror movie podcast, your favorite hour and a half that you can't get back. In this show, Kim and I, longtime horror fan, show movies to AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. I'm Erin.
1: I'm AJ. I'm
0: Kim. And it's also tradition that we drink heavily throughout the movie. So to keep us on track, we have our designated driver and podcast editor, Molly. Say hi, Molly. Hi, Molly. <laughs> Yay, there we go. All right, Um, we're back for another one. Another Wednesday has come, and more alcohol has been consumed on a weeknight once again. (laughs) Um, Continuing to make Thursdays very difficult.
1: Mm -hmm. My new wake-up time on Thursdays is 7 a.m., so it's been very fun. The
0: sacrifices
1: we make for art.
0: (laughs) Nobody asked us for this podcast, but we must provide it. (laughs) Here we are. I asked
1: for this podcast, and me only.
0: But honestly you were drunk at the time so if you don't want to take full responsibility for that
1: no sober me was also into it it's all good I take responsibility
0: when this idea was born there we were very drunk but I was the one who like two days later was like but were you serious no
1: <laughs> and I was ecstatic because I had thought about this idea multiple times <laughs> previously
2: and I just showed up yeah, Kim's
0: here. <laughs> we once again had to beg Kim to show up. <laughs> we told Kim one more week for six weeks straight now. <laughs> Just one more. Kim, like and don't I worry, it. It. it'll be
1: years. <laughs> <laughs> Kim,
0: I, I I know you're gonna laugh, but we did lose the footage for Descent once again. So we are we still haven't done a single one. <laughs> you gotta check <try laughs> this next week. Uh-uh. Speaking of Descent, how is Descent sat with all of us?
1: Okay, so imagine this: you're driving down the freeway, and you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you just think about a fucking pole going through your brain, because that's mm-hmm. the experience I had yesterday
0: see usually when you say stuff like this i can't relate but Same. anytime i'm gonna find a trunk now uh, i a trunk a truck now i'm like oh shit i'm gonna get dissented dude I'm gonna get all my hands through. so i i fully agree with you on this one actually get descended. <laughs> uh no i i agree with you on that one what about you kim
2: i mean i've i've never had that happen to me before <laughs> wow <laughs> um well i mean i don't know i the whole poll thing reminds me of Final Destination, so I think I used to have that when I was, like, when I used to watch those movies, like, religiously. So this one doesn't really affect me that bad, but, like I said, I mean, I watch this movie all the time, so it doesn't really phase
0: me. I did yeah. find that interesting. I did think about that. I was like, Kim, with, uh, like I came home from work one day, and I was like, Kim would just put on The Descent right now. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it's just so fun.
1: No. <laughs>
2: It's just like a fun movie to like just sit on the couch and like eat some food and
0: just enjoy yourself. If it wasn't for the beginning, I would be able to relate a lot more.
2: You know how we all have like, comfort movies. This is one of mine. <laughs> this one in Midsummer. I Gilmore Midsummer girls, is...
1: and you watch Midsummer and Descent.
2: Yeah, one of them. I have a lot of comfort horror movies that I just like love and watch on repeat. But these are can probably too. Can of them. we get
0: like a top three?
2: Obviously, Halloween. Any of the okay.
0: Halloweens, except I've, the third I've, one. I've...
2: Except the third one, and maybe wow. five and six. Okay. And Rob Zombie's.
0: We're gonna watch the third one. No. And yeah. you need to pretend yes. that it's not a Halloween film, and you'll see that it's quality.
2: I, 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 hate it. I have such a if, hatred
0: for it. If it didn't have the halloween name and it was just called like dumb fucking horror movie season of the witch maybe I, yeah just was called <laughs> yeah. season of the witch yeah molly being much more sensible here i'm like dumb, dumb dumb fucking movie. Fucking if the movie was, movie was called ass <laughs> <laughs> if the movie was called season of the witch i'd be like have you seen season of the witch you're like that shit's nuts yeah it's great i'm telling you but it's because it's halloween 3 that it's bad
2: Yeah, it's a little kooky, but it's, it's, I hate it. There's no Michael and that's my baby and he's not there. So I will not watch.
0: I'm also saying that it's a good movie. It's not. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, it really but, is. I'm but... like, did I miss
2: something? Did I not watch the and cut? Like, where does the Oscar come in? <laughs> but I
0: love it. I love it so much. I love it the same way I love, like, Creepshow and shit. It's, it's just definitely it's your style of movie. I would oh, say it's yeah. definitely,
2: like, catered for, like, your taste, which is probably why I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but I agree. It's bad. Like, it's not good. It's just, I will never pass up an opportunity to watch it. Like, if I. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll, we'll save that one. We'll save that one. This will be a whole other podcast. Can't I wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was what you had to say about Descent, AJ? Yes,
1: that's what I had to say. What do you have to Okay, say? I'm
0: just making sure that, so that you're done. I just. Uh, it, there were scenes. In the descent that kind of lingered with me that I thought were memorable. And that doesn't happen to me all too often after one of these episodes because I'm usually pretty drunk. But um, there was some shit I thought about. It might have been the hate for Juno just like oh my God. Yeah. possessing me in the <laughs> night. <laughs> Making I can't. Me think. I can't. <laughs> but um, no, I actually, the reputation of descent in my head was upheld. Like, I'd only seen it once before, and I really enjoyed it. And in watching it again, I had, like, the exact same impressions. Like, I I really enjoyed that movie. And I don't particularly love a lot of movies from that at that point in time. Like, the early 2000s horror movies usually do next to nothing for me. Uh, and that's one of the examples that I, I, I need to remember because i really do enjoy that and i have a very small window of movies i like there and i need to make sure that one's on the list because i'm all too used to being like "Nah, fuck everything from that time period. <laughs> uh but i do need to add dissent to like movies i truly enjoy uh so it did linger with me a bit and that doesn't happen at all of a lot I didn't really think deeply about Willy's Wonderland afterwards but I think we're all trying no. to forget Willy's Wonderland just a little bit Yeah, I
1: just why does he leave with the 16 year old I don't understand
2: there's so much of that movie that doesn't make sense like You're why right. Nicolas Cage why the glasses but
1: like yes Nicolas Cage yeah no. I think the movie would have been abysmal if I think Nicolas Cage it is abysmal what do you mean
0: been
2: abysmal <laughs> not Holy up for debate shit. it's bad
1: <laughs> it is bad but i feel like the worst part is when the 16 year old leaves with the 40 year old
0: after we do this for long enough there needs to be like a movie that we have to like mark the movies that one person loved but everybody else hated and okay. it's like force a rewatch upon the other two <laughs> <laughs> Like, three episodes of us just watching movies that the other two hated. You know what? I
1: feel like that's unfair to me because I don't get to pick which movies we watch.
2: Yeah, because you would pick, like, Harry Potter or the- What what was the other one? Like, fucking Unfriended? Like, no. (laughs) No. Holy
0: shit, I had blocked out that one of AJ's traumatic memories was (laughs) with Unfriended.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Holy shit.
1: It fucked with me. She's from Fresno. Oh my god. I lived in Fresno. Oh my god. But the internet is everywhere.
2: <laughs> Literally the internet expands out of Fresno. Fresno is the okay, only but- place
0: with internet. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not like it was a
1: Fresno-based killer. It was the internet. It could take place anywhere. Except the whole point is that she was from Fresno and she killed herself. And then she haunted everyone's ass through, through okay? Facebook through Facebook and Skype through Facebook <laughs> and YouTube She was oh, yeah. also a See? colonial woman <laughs> <laughs> Take the a shot for I'm every time we of. reference
0: the colonial woman
1: <laughs> She'd take one for us <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh shit Well, unrelated to colonial woman, this week we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> Uh, The original from 1974. Uh, it was my week to choose. And I I really have no other reason for watching. This. I, I love this movie, but I just was kind of feeling it this week. Like I just thought about Texas Chainsaw once or twice this week and decided literally this morning, usually at the end of a podcast recording, we already know what we're doing next week. But I procrastinated until literally this morning and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Texas Chainsaw. That's what we're going to watch today. And um. I don't regret it. Um, I think I realized some of this movie's flaws a bit more this time, rewatching it for like, I've, I've, like, this is probably my fifth or sixth time, so I was able to be a bit more critical in this time, but I still really enjoyed it. I, what, what about you, Kim? But lightly before we, uh, because you had agreed with me in choosing this movie, you seemed excited to watch it as well. Yeah, I was. I really do like this movie a lot.
2: Yeah. I was surprised that, you know, you picked a movie that I liked
0: <laughs> <laughs> or that I was excited to watch. Did I have I such say. a bad reputation previously? Besides, I well, know because... I know you're still scarred from Willy's Wonderland, but I had done like Creepshow and From Dusk Till Dawn and whatnot. Before from now. Dusk Till
2: Dawn, I think also gave a pass because I also really liked that movie. Um, but previous to this, you liked, like, Gremlins, (laughs) like Gremlins (laughs) do, and I fucking hate those movies, and I was like, fuck, we're gonna be watching some weird-ass shit, which Willy's Wonderland did live up to that expectation,
0: but, but... I hadn't seen Willy's Wonderland. That was a blind watch for me, too.
2: (laughs) But you considered it. (laughs) We watched it. (laughs) Well, Nicolas Cage fighting
0: robots, I'm kind of in, like, (laughs) exactly.
2: Um, I mean, I really love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think I've watched more of the newer ones than I have the original. Hmm. But there's a lot. There's a lot of like sequels and remakes and redos that I kind of tend to get lost in all of it. But the first one, because it's so different, I think I pay more attention to and I remember it more. So I know this one versus the others. I tend to get mixed as to like, who's the cast? okay, what What's going on? Like, what year is it? But this one, for sure, because of how it looks and how it's filmed and the iconic scenes, it's unforgettable. So I was excited because I wouldn't have to, like, do extra Google work on my own to be like, okay, what the fuck is going on in this movie?
0: Widely? But I liked it. Texas Chainsaw doesn't give a shit.
2: Yeah, it has no continuity either, which yeah. kind of fucks me up. Like,
0: like, but there'll be there. There's multiple timelines, of course, like with reboots and stuff. Like there are sequels to certain movies that aren't sequels to other movies, and it's confusing because they're all called the same shit. Like you could watch exactly. Texas Chainsaw the beginning and assume it's assume it's a prequel to the original, but it's not. It's a prequel to the Michael Bay reboot from 2003 mm-hmm. before they decided to reboot the entire thing with Texas Chainsaw 3D in 2013. And now there's Leatherface, which I'm pretty sure is a sequ- is a prequel to the 2013 yeah, one. Yeah, I think but so. But it also might... It, it alludes to also being a remake... I mean, a prequel to the uh, 74 one, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's all a fucking mess. And there are literally ones where... Bubba loses or Bubba or Leatherface loses like an arm or dies and then it's just in the yeah. next one and it's like yeah just fucking accept it like he's here Like
2: and they bring back characters and you're like didn't that bitch die like
0: <laughs> yeah. two movies ago why is he still here and Matthew McConaughey is in one of them and it's really oh <laughs> that, <one's> <laughs> yes, yes. that one is so bad and it's I, it's like I the fucking worst hate one. that one it, it's, it's almost trying to be like Scream-esque or it's trying to do like a teen thing to it that's uh, it's weird it's it's fucking weird renee zellweger's
2: in it too and it's just (laughs) like what is bridget jones doing in this horror movie it's so weird
0: i don't think the genre holds a lot of weight i mean not the genre this franchise i don't think the franchise holds a lot of weight um in all honesty uh I I i mean
2: i don't know I feel like it kind of does. I mean, I watch it. I mean, I could talk shit about it all day and I, I still will watch it if it shows up on TV. <laughs> I think even the Texas 3D one, I still fucking watch that one when it comes on. I
0: think the character outshines any of the the movies besides like the first one or two. And even the first, the second one I understand is controversial. It's basically a comedy. So I'm like in. Yeah. But, uh, oh my God. <laughs> but the second one has the, the worst jump scare of any movie for me. Uh, the second one's, made me jump out of my goddamn skin more than any other movie but i want to say that because i do plan on watching two at some point oh fuck Um, okay (laughs) so i I won't (laughs) won't reveal what that is because i think that might be in the near future because uh i like the first one a lot but the second one made me like really love it and it's bizarre literally the, the the theatrical poster for the second one is the Breakfast Club poster. But yes, yeah, and all of them like that's on the fucking
1: box. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: it's like they, they literally recreated the Breakfast Club with like the Sawyer family. They're all gross. That's and it's, wild. I but like I shit myself when I saw it. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I watched that one. I think I purposely was like, no. Molly can vouch. I met the uh, the actress from the second one. And she was, really? like, she was like, what's your name? And she like took a picture with me. And I was like, hi. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there
2: when you met her. She's
0: and like, then she was oh, like, do you want God. to take a picture? And I was like, uh. And Molly's like, yes, yes, you do. Take a picture with her. And I was like, "Ah, uh, Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I appreciate is we're always there for each other in those moments where you're like the other person's like, "Yes, yes, do it. You're going to regret it if you say no. Do it. Do it." Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But it's I get starstruck at Monster Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, I I love the fuck out of the movie. We'll have to watch it at some point. But anyway, we're we're on a tangent, on a tangent, on a tangent here.
1: Hey, what are you guys drinking?
2: Um I'm drinking a mixed drink. It's a cocktail called a All I know is that it has grapefruit and tequila. I did not pay attention to what else they put in there um but i'm drinking it and it's good where
1: did you get this drink that you don't know what's in it yeah um, is it canned like
2: <laughs> no i ordered it from house of wings which is like a place oh. nearby where i live they do like their drinks to go house okay. of wings
0: i've always entered that bathroom and like winked at myself because i'm hammered you know like i've never been <laughs> b- i've never been in that bathroom and been like normal i've always been in that bathroom be like oh fuck dude <laughs> house of wings and you
2: wink at yourself yeah you know
0: you know when you go into a bathroom and you're uh, like when you're hammered and you're like it's all gonna be okay brother no <laughs> no you've never done that been drunk at like a party or like at a bar and you're in the bathroom and you're like that's when you realize you're like oh shit dude
2: i'll like look at myself in the mirror and like, be yeah. like oh my god wow i look so good yeah and then i'll go back outside <laughs>
1: I don't I don't typically I mean I tell myself that you're okay, but I don't wink at myself. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't, hate on I myself. Mean.
2: I don't like want to fuck myself in the mirror. Like, no, that's Aaron. not what like, I that's mean. A I,
0: definitely, I definitely mean more like what AJ was saying where it's like, You're gonna be alright <laughs> or kinda of pump yourself up. Or it's like, Hey, you're fucked up you know. Like that kind of stuff. You check it um, in with
1: yourself. Yeah, we're doing a little check-in. <laughs> okay, so so Kim's drinking from House of Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, what are you drinking?
0: Um, I'm having a uh, Space Dust IPA. It's uh really strong and really good.
1: AJ, what are you drinking? Thank you, Molly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I'm love the silence.
1: Smirnoff. Um, I had some with lemonade, and then I had some with orange juice because I ran out of lemonade. But, uh, that's what I'm drinking. Nice and simple, some vodka. You know, just keeping it normal. Normal. Normal Wednesday night. Normal Wednesday night with the vodka.
0: Yeah. It's not a bottle of wine this week.
1: Well, I have to wake up at 7am tomorrow, so I can't drink a whole bottle of wine. Except I still stand by the vodka's worse than the bottle of wine. Yeah, I definitely feel drunker than I feel like I did when I had a bottle of wine.
0: And how much, wait, how, how much vodka have you had in comparison?
1: I think I've had three drinks. Okay. Last week I did four, but I ran out of mixers this week, so I would have done four, but I don't have anything else to mix with it.
0: I see. You're not going straight from the bottle.
1: No, that's way too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just got to see what I can encourage, you know, how much I can
1: get away with. You know what? The fact that you and I have gone drink by drink, but you've drank beer and I've drank vodka is a little rude, and I think you can't push too hard we we
0: usually do pretty well i don't think any
1: of us neither of us come out on top when we go hit the head no. game. we both lose. <laughs> that's that's
0: what we've learned more than anything nobody Ew. wins there's just two losers at the end of the night <laughs> yeah
1: i for sure lost on saint patrick's day
0: yeah but i'm <laughs> but uh saint patrick's day is a little hazy so who really won <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: you drank more i just somehow lost and i still don't know really what how that happened how'd i do in beer pong was it good no mm. <laughs> you're the reason we all lost
0: <laughs> i see well that makes sense
1: every team um that you I... were on lost but i but i like touched
0: the cup every time pretty much i just never made it in. Oh, if I remember yeah correctly, same right i see okay so I, you know i failed but i, I didn't fail too horribly
1: <laughs> you never ended up under the table at least that's good
0: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so this movie, AJ. Oh, wait, before wait before we ask AJ what she thought of the movie, do you think Kim that AJ um, likes the movie or not?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, she didn't like dissent so <laughs> my respect for her is going low. So I'm going to say no.
0: <laughs> All right, Kim is opted for the AJ never had taste anyway approach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it took the words out of my mouth i'm going to say that aj has taste but this was not hers (laughs) aj
1: um i don't know if i like this movie or not it was i think it has respect in being the slasher that it is and how early it is i like the end i guess but it took me a while to get there
0: i think we should also mention that this is the first slasher in slashers and (laughs) spirits hell yeah yeah welcome to episode nine (laughs)
1: and we have a slasher <laughs>
0: the first slasher and slashes and spirits until then it's been spirits and spirits or um entire bottles of wine and
1: spirits <laughs> <laughs> only twice
0: <laughs> all right so um i guess we'll go into texas chainsaw then um yeah the movie opens with this like title sequence where they it's like a description of events to come i guess kind of like a news report and there's a narrator talking about basically these five kids that suffered this horrible fate and i really love the intro to this movie i think it's like i really like the narrator and the the opening Mm -hmm. you would
1: agree agree.
2: yeah i like it It makes it feel like it's real because it does what it does say on the screen like it makes it seem as if this was an actual event that happened in a very like simple way yeah and i think it it does that really cleverly especially with how it marketed it during the time period in the 70s like 74 it did a really great job of also marketing it as like this is based on a true story and people really ate that shit up i think
0: the narrator does a lot for it too like uh, more than just the opening text like in some weird way i think the narrator really is kind of unsettling in the way that it gets told you know it's almost indifferent
2: yeah the way he talks yeah
0: um, we should also mention that uh, you'd you'd said 1974, so this is pre even Halloween, which is considered mm-hmm. like the start of the slasher genre in in many people's books. What did you think, AJ?
1: Um, about the beginning?
0: Yeah, I guess we could expand the opening. There's like the opening like reading of the uh, of the. It's almost like a report on like the crime. Introduces the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then it's kind of a horrible montage of like a rotting body on that gravestone
1: oh yeah that was upsetting (laughs) i didn't love that i was trying to eat and i could not eat because it was so gross yeah it was just very disturbing that's the best i got i think it sets the tone really well i think
0: the movie continues on that level of grossness like the entire time
1: yeah that's fair
2: i think that's what makes it really unsettling is that from the beginning straight to the end there's always this like grossness this like I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's very... Like, even from the conversation, the dialogue that we get throughout, it's all very, like, raw and gross. (laughs) And it just kind of, like, puts you on edge for a bit. It's pretty gruesome.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. I just feel like this movie... I was kind of bored at points. Like, there are points where there... If you think enough about it, it's upsetting. But if you don't think about it, it's not. And I feel like that's a lot of this movie. And that's where... I didn't really, like, buy into it too much because I felt like I had to do work on my own to find it upsetting.
2: I'd like to expand on that later when we, like, get to certain points that you...
0: Yeah, I I think examples when we get to certain parts would would help in the understanding of that. Um, I would say in rewatching this movie, I did realize uh, slashers in general have dead air. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just gonna happen. And I find often... A slasher's merit lies in how good it's dead air is. Like, Scream's a good example. There's not a ton of shit that happens in, like, the first hour of Scream, but it remains interesting the entire time. I think in many cases, yeah, they're just trying to hit that hour and a half, and I think Texas Chainsaw in particular probably could lose 20 minutes in, as, conceptually, you know? Uh, I, I But I, I'm not going to hold that all too much against it, because the genre is full of that like there's even a little bit of fat that could be cut from some of the most beloved slashers in my opinion
2: yeah no i i agree i also think a lot of movies try to set up not like i suppose parts of the plot so you can give a shit about the characters and you can like know their names and find interactions between them so you care about them as they're getting picked off i think that it was trying to do that in some ways in the beginning when we were just getting all those shots of like them in the car but some of the other dead air was kind of i guess it's just for the sake of dialogue maybe Mm i i i would agree that some stuff can get cut off from a lot of movies but um this one did have a lot of like random spots where i was like did you really have to include this in the final cut
0: I, i feel like to some degree that that's also an effect of repeat watches and that when you watch something for the first time, your suspense level is just, like, higher. Yeah. Not necessarily for Texas Chainsaw in particular, but, like, other movies, you know? Like, when you watch it for the first time, you might be more concerned through parts. Whereas someone that's watched it before is like, uh, doesn't this person die being getting their head crushed in the shower like get in the fucking shower already like, yeah. <laughs> you know
2: yeah I, I definitely get impatient because i'm like what the fuck is he i came to see people get killed um and all this extra stuff i already know it can we move on i just want to get straight to like the good parts
0: yeah. so
2: i definitely get impatient with it yeah
0: and, the, and like i think that's there's a certain separation and a certain magic that like watching a slasher for the first time has that really can't be repeated
2: Yeah, yeah, because the other Texas Chainsaws, I I think if I'm you know remembering correctly, um, kind of takes that dead air out and kind of has more of like Mm -hmm. a gore and like that those kind of sequences. There's more kills, there's more goriness to it. Where I think this one waits and holds it towards the end, and for some reason I find it to be more compelling in this one. Maybe it's because it's like the build up. Maybe it's because there's like, you know, something's gonna happen, but you don't know when. And you get pieces of it, but you don't get the full effect till later. Then maybe it works better. Where in the newer, like, 2000 ones, um, it's it's a bit more like, okay, we know the story. Can we just get to the murders? (laughs) The killing.
0: I could not have said it better myself. Like, this one has the element of, like, surprise to it. Whereas if you go to see a Texas Chainsaw remake, you're like, when's Leatherface gonna come out and pull Mm -hmm. a chainsaw? And in this one, you really don't know what to expect because you haven't seen that
2: and it's his introduction yeah
0: yeah and and uh, i have notes about his introduction and how much i i love how he gets introduced and a lot of the remakes of this movie in, in later sequels were introduced in like the post saw era mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like how disgusting can we have this be you know yeah you there's know? certainly a lot of disgusting stuff in this one but it's used sparingly and it's the movie's really not that gory it's a lot of alluded to gore whereas in in the sequel it was like how, okay can we pull out his intestines like a fucking magician? <laughs> it's like, yeah, keep them out, you know. Yeah. Who are you going to so, say AJ, I'm
1: sorry? I think I saw the 2013 one and mm. I wonder if that's affected my opinion of it because I feel like what I saw previously was like disturbing and this didn't feel as disturbing, but maybe that's because there's less gore.
2: The Texas Chainsaw Chainsaw 3D?
1: I don't, you watched it with me. I feel like it was the 3D I one. Did? Yeah, you showed <laughs> it I to did? me.
2: <laughs> we did?
1: Yeah, you and I watched it. Um,
2: was it not this
1: one? Cause I feel it wasn't like... this one, because I remember we were like, oh shit, that's not the right one.
0: I I I'll I'll spoil the 2013 one because it sucks. Like it does. It's really bad, and it ends with like the final girl being like, "Yo, did you know we're related?" Yes. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah, that happened.
0: Okay. Yeah, that shit sucked in my opinion. It was yeah, it was really bad. I didn't say I I liked it.
1: it, but I do think that maybe the difference is that like I saw this really gory version of this movie that had like a different ending. And so, I mean, I think the ending is good. I like the ending the best. But I think maybe, like, if when I thought about it, like I said earlier, when I thought about it, it was scary. But when I was just watching it, it didn't scare me. And I wonder if that's affected by the 2013 one.
0: This one definitely would seem tamer in comparison, you know, as far as what they're able to get away with, gore-wise and whatnot. Yeah. But this movie fucking haunts me like this movie scares the shit out of me but that's definitely like more of a me thing than anything you know like this movie fucks with me personally yeah
2: no i i I agree 2013 one was very i didn't find it scary or overly gory but again that's also me which i do watch a lot of gore movies anyway but this one i don't know i think it's a bit more clever with how it goes about being unsettling without being upfront about it and I think when movies can do that, be unsettling without literally just showing you essentially torture porn and, like, stuff like that, that makes it so much better. The
0: first time I saw Texas Chainsaw 3D, I was too young to get into Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> so I went to see another movie and then snuck in and then sat in the chair and realized, I don't fucking have 3D classes for
1: this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So I
0: sat and I watched the entire movie blurry as shit. <laughs>
1: Whole time. Incredible. <laughs> the whole
0: time, the whole time, because I didn't want to see the movie. I'd actually bought the ticket for. It was like something's really dumb. Like I, like I was not interested in it at all. And I was like, "All right, I'd rather watch blurry fucking Texas Chainsaw than what I went to see." <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I've seen it since, and that movie is well, that's a piece of that that's something. The huh? plot
2: is weird. Yeah. It's just not good, and it. I think they they made it. I mean, granted, like. Yes, the women were dressed here a bit more scantily clad as well, but it was the 70s, so I feel like it fits more with the time period and the heat and the location, where I think later on in the older movies, like, you just didn't have to make the actresses look like that. Like, you really didn't have to make them look like that, like, dress that way. I think that also bothers me. It gives me, like, I don't want to say that Friday the 13th has the same vibe, but, like, it very much is, like, overly sexualized without being sexualized. And it just kind of turns me off. And I think 2013 also had that a lot, where, like,
0: her titties were out for no fucking reason.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's like, why?
0: What What does this have to do with anything else? There's something about, like, the nudity in, like, Friday the 13th in, like, the 80s, where it's like, oh, shit, like, there's a bit of nudity in this. Holy shit. And then in, like, the remake in, like, 2009, it's like, this is the... 20th titty shot in this movie and it's just yeah. it's just starting to seem gross <laughs> it's overkill you know?
2: it's 100%. it just it,
0: it i i totally agree like there technically should be no difference they're just as sleazy when you think about it i guess but there's something about the two thousand ones ones where it's like this is just getting weird <laughs> like,
2: yeah and it's like and you're doing this on purpose <laughs> like at least the 74 like i can justify a bit because of the conditions that they were put in, like, the cast, the actual actresses, which, I mean, I can get to that later. But, like, the heat. It was for the sake of the heat and to emulate the time period. So I don't put too much of it being as sleazy, which maybe it was. But mm, the 2000s, you don't have to make them look like that. Like, she can wear regular jeans and a regular shirt. <laughs> Her titties don't have to be out like that for no reason.
0: If I remember Please. anything from of, like, the 2003 remake, the it was Jessica Biel, is what you're saying, Right. Yeah, Um, Jessica that one there's like 20 minutes of that movie that are of like the sheriff of the town putting their faces in the dirt and they're just like their faces in the dirt and they're drooling all over themselves and their noses are running and they just keep mashing their heads in the dirt and they're just getting more and more disgusting and I just remember being like why are they doing this? This is so gross it's unnecessary Uh, and everybody's sweaty that whole movie too everyone's sweaty in this movie too but it's It's more like, oh, they had no choice. Like, they filmed in a hot environment. These people are naturally sweaty. Whereas in the remake, it was like, did they really keep pouring sweat on these human beings in between (laughs) shots? It's disgusting. Well, I don't
2: know. I feel like this movie, maybe just gets away with it better. But, like, the natural lighting and the way that their dialogue and acting is almost like improv. Like, it's bad, but it's improv that almost makes it a bit more believable even the dirtiness like they're on a road trip in the heat in texas in the 70s they're not going to be taking showers yeah so i buy it more than granted the other ones are probably set in similar time period but i don't know it just it it doesn't look as authentic it doesn't vibe with me well
0: so there's the intro text and narration and then they show uh, the corpses in the graveyard, and that's kind of the catalyst of the movie is they very clearly defiled some graves and posed these corpses in horrible ways out in the graveyard. And the opening has like a radio broadcast talking about the like horrible crimes and whatnot, and that's what really leads our main characters out of, I guess, like safety uh, when they head to the graveyard to see if they're grandparents or was it just grandmother I, I i couldn't remember but grandpa grandfather they just wanted to see if they had messed with the his grave in particular just wanted to make sure um so it's a group of teenagers in a van there are five of them
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yes because there are the two couples and then franklin um and they're headed there to see if the, the graves are defiled and whatnot. And But that's really not important. Their, their grandparents weren't. But they find a hitchhiker on the way back. And they pick up the hitchhiker, who's very clearly unstable. And he cuts himself with a knife to look at the blood. And he's, they're talking in horrific detail about how cows are slaughtered. And he works at a slaughterhouse and whatnot. And it's just a really unsettling scene of having this clearly mentally unstable stranger in the back of your car and they're trying to be polite but it gets more and more difficult and i I really think it's a memorable section of the movie and i think the hitchhiker does a really good job most of the time (laughs) of being really unsettling there's a there's definitely a few moments where he goes over the top and gets a little nuts. But I think overall, um it's pretty memorable and the guy does a really good job of just really making you feel grody about having that man in the back of your seat. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about about that?
1: I mean, I wouldn't want him in my car, like for sure. Yeah, no, he was Well, 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 well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll I'll say it, he was weird. I didn't like him.
0: Do do you think he did well though, just like as far as the, the acting goes?
2: I mean, it was a little it was a little much, to be fair, but I yeah. think when you have to basically embody that role of, like, you're gonna be a fucking weirdo, and you're gonna want to make these people basically regret ever having you in your car, there's not much else you can go about it, and I feel like he did a good job of being like, damn, who the fuck would love this man in their car? Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? And I, I, yeah, he was a bit much, but I would rather he overact, and it works for the movie, than underact, and it just kind of, like, tones it down. I think this movie has a lot of overacting in some of the dialogue, so I think it kind of fits with the overall vibe of how the movie kind of gets brought out. Um, so I I think it works. I think it works.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he overacts like the whole time. Mhm. I think he does a good job of like not being I I feel like he's almost more realistically crazy where he's just kind of like unstable and odd and not like the typical, like, psychopath, like, he doesn't get in the car and he's like, oh, I'm gonna stab you." He does a lot of, like, <laughs> yeah. weird shit in between that makes you really wonder how, how, if he's all there or not, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: there was a genuineness of, like, this man really doesn't think he's weird, but he's definitely weird.
0: <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. He doesn't think he's weird. Yeah. Uh, like, it, and that's pretty clear. It's It's very clearly normal life and, like, reality to him. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think he does pretty well, and I think it's it's a pretty memorable section. It, um, I think also it's probably the first example of this doesn't have to be quite as long as it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel as far as dead air goes in this movie, or scenes that go for too long, I would rather have more hitchhiker than some of the stuff we get later.
2: Yeah, the conversation they had about slaughterhouses is one of the things I was talking about. How it's like, it's really unsettling. Like to hear mm-hmm. basically then talking about like what goes on in the Slaughterhouse, and how they kill the animals, and like things like that. Like, it was very much like mm-hmm. that's disgusting and that's gross, but that's the point. I think the conversation wasn't meant to have any sort of meaning, it was just to make you feel icky and make you feel like, Dan, he's talking about that shit for way too long. Like, I, I feel what like- was your name again?
0: <laughs> I feel it kind of has parallels to the way that like the Sawyer family treats people. Like, hmm. It's funny when they writhe after being hit with a sledgehammer. Like, it's... Yeah. it's the like a cow. Yeah, I and I think would. that's kind of those parallels. It's like, oh, yeah, you're okay with dealing with it. Uh, especially with it being so early like in the slasher genre and one of the formative ones and it was really breaking a lot of new ground it's like oh well you're fine with knowing how your food's made but if it winds up being people you're really fucking scared too i'm I'm not saying this this movie is at all trying to promote that message or like a pro it might be for all for all i know i don't know all too much about the intent of the movie being made it could be that it was supposed to be like a vegetarian piece i I don't personally (laughs) think so but um it does also have kind of that message to it too, you know, like a, yeah, they are treated yeah. like
2: cattle. They are treated like equating them to almost like animals.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it, but yeah, it definitely goes on for a while, and I think they do kind of revel in the grossness of it, like showing the pictures and talking about how head cheese is made of cow heads and shit like mm-hmm. that. They didn't have to do all that, but they, I think they really tried to show like the animosity people are capable of, you know, like the the gross. Things that we do and shrug off.
2: Yeah, and I definitely made me really grossed out the first time I I remember seeing. It anyway, I was like, "Damn, he's talking about that shit for way too long." We get it. <laughs> Move on.
0: It, it's like, certainly a, a conversation that it's like this would not be my opener. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everyone looking at
2: him like, "What the fuck?" Like this man is really talking about that. Like, okay. To be fair, like if that was in my car, I would have chucked him out in that second. Do not yeah. talk to me about a slaughterhouse, sir.
0: If he was wearing a Myers mask, though, you might be. <laughs> That'd be different. He'd be like, oh shit! Really? tell me how you use the air gun to kill him. <laughs>
2: well, Michael's silent, and that's why I him. <laughs> he would never say that to me.
0: No, but what if it was Freddy Krueger? He probably oh, wouldn't shut the fuck. He'd up. be
2: funny about it, though. He'd make me laugh. <laughs> he'd make it like some kind of pun
0: or something and I would find it funny <laughs> Pele would have you holding the fucking air gun <laughs> Oof.
2: Oof. <laughs> Pele wouldn't have to say anything it's on sight the moment I see Pele on
1: sight
0: <laughs> love him so much we're, we're touching the third segment early <laughs> <laughs> very early <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but this movie has an interesting relationship with music in the sense that there is not very much at all. Um, there's, It's pretty silent for like the beginning, but there's odd times where music starts kicking in. Like when the mm-hmm. hitchhiker takes the pocket knife and slits his palm, there's like a rise in the fun music that they're listening into the van. Like as he starts to put the knife to his skin, the music that's playing in the van that's like fun 70s music gets much louder as he starts to cut himself and it's just gives a really unsettling vibe of two opposite things happening you know Mm -hmm. and it makes it makes that scene more effective for me and i think the lack of music in other scenes makes a lot of the movie more effective as well
2: the opening sound like right in the beginning is
0: one of my favorite sounds in the world it's a camera right like that's the sound I'm almost 100% sure
2: I have no
0: fucking idea but I love
2: it like I would fall asleep to that sound
0: (laughs) it's a camera flash I'm pretty sure in slow motion or something like that Mm. I could be totally wrong and if I'm wrong we'll skip all this shit but um (laughs) it's kind of like a (laughs) like <laughs> am i yeah, like that's yeah, it's what it is so like weird. oh, like, I've never oh heard it like when the the
1: flash goes off on a camera and then it's like it's like a charge it's like a yes. charging kind
0: of i'm almost certain it's that sound just modified and it's first shown i think it's kind of only shown in the opening of this movie when they're showing bits of the defiled bodies with like the corpses like
1: mm-hmm. uh, as
0: they show flashes of it and it kind of looks like a camera um I'm trying to think of where to go next here. We talked about we've pretty much talked about everything with the hitchhiker. Yeah, hitchhiker gets kicked out eventually, and then they pull up to a gas station that has no gas,
1: <laughs> and which is a terrifying thought.
0: Yeah, I had brought up how I would I would be fucked because anytime I pull into a gas station, I'm like past E. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. They're like, there's no gas, and be like, well, I live here now. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Give me some of your finger barbecue. I guess I live here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he's a barbecue man, and he offers some barbecue, and they eat an unidentified piece of barbecue that I, I get with context could be a finger. I just don't think they would have accepted a finger. Like I would just be like, I don't know, this looks funky, but I'll take a bite. They eat it so naturally. Yeah. But it looks but so like, gross. Like,
1: It just seems like maybe they aren't thinking about it and they're maybe just eating. Like, I just think of every movie where they've eaten human remains and every time it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to eat this and then just assumes it's safe and then they find out that it's human. Like, I feel like that was kind of the same concept.
0: I'm very curious to hear the other movies you have where they eat human remains. <laughs> exactly,
2: I was just about to say that. Like, what other movies have you seen where they eat human remains? I can name remember. a couple.
0: I'm,
1: I'm, de- I'm curious to what <laughs> yours are. So can are.
2: I, but mine are <laughs> extreme. And I doubt AJ has ever seen them.
1: I can't remember the name of it, but there's one that I'm thinking of that I feel like is really specific. The second thought I had was Bones, the TV show, mm-hmm. um, because I watched a lot of it, and there is a point where beco- where one of them becomes a cannibal
0: i remember that
1: i had a i had a class in high
0: school that was a half was a one semester class instead of a two semester class right Mm -hmm. but they forced the teacher to teach it for two semesters and she straight up told us she was like i'm not changing my lesson plan (laughs) so every sunday we're gonna watch bones and i had this class (laughs) with so many kids that i knew and they were like, Oh fuck, it's Friday. We gotta go watch Bones. And I was like, Holy shit, I can't wait to watch Bones. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so into Bones. And we got through like the first three seasons during that year, and then that summer hit and I
1: watched all the rest of Bones. Oh like, it's so good. Two weeks. <laughs> it's such a good show. I had a great time watching it as a child, but um there's definitely a cannibal section in it. There is. <laughs> I feel like there's another one, but I can't remember the name of it. Next week, we'll watch the first season of Bones. (laughs) (laughs) In one sitting. In one sitting. Can't wait. That means that I finally get some um, impression on what we watch, and I can't wait.
0: (laughs) All right, so they go and they eat barbecue or whatever. We should explain some of our characters to some degree, right? Uh, Sure. Who wants to explain the characters?
1: That would revolve any of us knowing any of the names of the characters.
0: <laughs> I think Kim knows the characters' names more than most than the rest of us. Um,
2: I know four of them out of five. Uh, go for him. So I'll do the four that I know, and the last guy you guys can fill in because I forget his name. So there's Jerry. Um, noticeable because he has an afro, correct? He has like the, uh, the slight '70s afro.
0: He's wearing a blouse. Um,
2: yeah, he's wearing a really awesome shirt—a blouse, I guess. Very '70s. I love him. Um, we have Pam wearing an amazing outfit, red shorts with this cute, like, blackless. I, I think it's, like, a halter top or something. Love her. She's an icon. I agree. If anyone's seen this movie, she's that one scene that everybody, like, recognizes right away, which we'll get to later. But that's Pam. Sally is our main girl. I believe she's blonde, while Pam is a brunette. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sally's brother, Franklin, who is in a wheelchair, so he's obviously recognizable as well from the rest of the cast. And then there's one more Kirk. guy, Kirk. Um, I gonna I'm gonna be honest, I kind of forget about him. He kind of he doesn't look like Jerry, but he's not really didn't make the big of an impression on me. So He's the blonde guy. Sorry, right? Kirk.
0: He's like the He's, yeah, he's the first the
2: one victim. Like,
0: Yes. yes. I think that's yeah, why Yeah, I just he's... know him
2: in that scene. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's that guy. Was he blonde? I think so.
0: Yeah, I'm hmm. pretty sure. He also has his, his shirt, like, fully open, like, later in the movie. And it just looks awkward. He's just sweaty and, like... <laughs> 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 he falls apart more than... Like, everyone else pretty much keeps their same outfit and it's, like, fine. But for whatever reason, this one dude is losing parts of his clothes, like, as the movie <laughs> goes on, as he gets sweatier and sweatier so yeah they they go and there's they find there's no gas station and then they kind of just reveal they were like oh yeah we're also going to go to this old abandoned family house that we have mm-hmm. and i feel like it's a huge red flag where like they're warned by the gas station guy like don't go to this house or whatever and they wind up going to the house and the house is fine like the house yeah. is like gross and whatnot, but there's no danger in the house. It's when they leave the house and go and start fucking asking the neighbors for shit that the bad stuff happens. Yeah, in this yeah. movie, had they just chilled out in the dilapidated house and ate their finger barbecue, they <laughs> they, they would have been chilling. <laughs> but instead, they had to go look for a swimming hole and shit. And I, and I have a note that um, Franklin, uh, he's the character in a wheelchair, and it, it, it's not super relevant to the plot, um, that that he's in a wheelchair. It, I guess it does for like an interesting horror element where it's like someone that can't necessarily run away quickly, mm-hmm. you know? Like I feel yeah. that sounds so terrible, but if it, it it's what I mean. It's a lack of mobility in a horror situation. That's that's bad. <laughs> that that's that's scary. But he clearly can't go to uh the swimming hole that's like nearby the abandoned house and that's where people pretty much ask to go. And he's like, oh it's just between those two sheds and you'll be able to go there. Him telling people to go through those two sheds didn't end well. Like none of them found a swimming hole at all. They all found this terrible place with the terrible chainsaw man. So if Franklin just like wasn't a dipshit and could describe where the watering hole was (laughs) a little better, everyone might be. Everyone
1: would have lived.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if he was like, "Oh shit, it's actually the opposite of those two sheds." They might be chilling still. You know, Leatherface would be in there fucking making a bone sofa, and no one would have (laughs) complained. (laughs)
1: You know, I thought that they were going to die because of the mark that was left on the van. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that that was going to be what led to their death, was that they pissed off this hitchhiker, and he left a mark, and now Leatherface was going to murder them. Like, that's how I thought this movie was going to go. And you're right, if he had just given better directions, this whole movie wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, you know, it's I, I couldn't agree more. Like, and they, they do kind of go nowhere with that blood mark, you know. And I think that might be yeah. another example of fillers. When they kick, they kick the hitchhiker out of the car. He wipes his hand and makes some kind of gross marking on the van. And they 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 bring it up so often, and nothing ever really happens of it um, because it's not like. Leatherface went to them because of that. They kind of knocked on Leatherface's door. Not kind of knocked on Leatherface's door. Yeah, they, they did knock inside. <laughs> yeah, they, they went in
2: his room and was like, "Whoa, what's what's this place?"
0: But I guess that's that's kind of where the movie really begins. Is they they're at their shitty abandoned house, and then they decide to go swimming and go up and knock on Leatherface's door, and that's really when things get introduced. They knock on the door, and the place is seemingly abandoned. He walks through a doorway and then Leatherface comes out of nowhere. Not even in necessarily like a jump scare fashion. Like the dude walks through the door. There's no music cue. There's mm-hmm. no big scary sound effect. Leatherface just like kind of does a grunt and slaps him with a hammer. And it comes out of nowhere. Uh, and I think it's it's super effective. That scares the fuck out of me. Way more than if they were to play a big sound cue and have him cut him yeah. into three pieces. Just the sudden reality of it with no flare, just this dude whacks him with a hammer it scares the shit out of me
2: <laughs> it's so fast but also so gruesome because he's like he's on the floor and he's still like basically seizing and it's so like i don't know it just it's gross to
0: see that's one of my like uh i, I talked previously i think in the last one about how um losing a limb or uh amputation just like fucks with me really bad uh, body shaking after they get hit in the head really oh, fucks yeah. with me too like I can't stand that so that is like a moment that's cemented in my mind from this movie as just really unnerving me
2: it's so well done mm-hmm. I mean they could have easily just had blood splatter and like the head cracking open or something that's not easier but a bit more you know visual Like so that's something you would see like in the later ones but the movement of the body the twitching just I don't know it's it's so great, it's so great, and I'm a gore I love gore, but this is just it was just so gross, like I loved it but it was just so gross.
0: The other scene I can think of of a body movie like that that messes with me is from the second one too. so it's really kind of like this genre that really messes with me. I mean that's <laughs> this franchise that really keeps that trope alive for me.
2: It looks more real, I guess I would say like it it looks more like a natural reaction the body's having than. Having to see something that you know is going to be either CGI or, um, you know, made together, like this looks more like authentic, and simplistic. I think it
0: works really well. Absolutely. Uh, what did you think, AJ? Did that surprise surprise you when it came out? There's really
1: no. Yeah, I guess it surprised me. I think that I think of that scene as it continues. Um, so a little further down was when I like was really thinking about it, but it was fine.
0: Because after that, um, Pam, the character uh, yes. that uh, what what was his name? I I, I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: oh, I Kirk. forgot too. it Yeah. Kirk. 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 I don't remember if it's
0: yeah. a T or K. Kirk. Kirk. Uh, he he gets hit in the head by Leatherface, and then his girlfriend goes in after him. And when the girlfriend goes in, she finds a room that's like decorated with bones, and a lot of them are human bones. Uh, and there's honestly, I think some fantastic set design mm-hmm. with having like the couch made of bones and uh, a lot of the bone decor. I, I think is really well designed and-, and really creepy looking. But by the time that happens, you're expecting like a Leatherface type thing. Whereas in with Kirk's mm-hmm. death, they had really never alluded to this place being odd or, or scary any more than it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was like there there was no real, oh, something weird is going on here. You know, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then with the second kill, they really lean into that, which I think is great because the shock is already gone and you can go into like the more gruesome, scary stuff.
1: And that's where I wonder if I was kind of ruined by seeing um, one of these takes before because I knew what his face looked like. Like I knew that he had what basically like a human face mask thing and i wasn't shocked by that and i wonder if i had seen this movie without any of that if that had scared me more
0: i'm sure it would have i mean if you if you were unaware of who leatherface was uh he's it, it, a pretty horrific concept
1: yeah
2: yeah And he looks amazing like scary but amazing i love his mask i think it's so cool well done
0: <laughs> i have uh i have written here that they're they're looking at all the the human remains and stuff. They're looking at the the skull couch, and there's so many feathers and animal bones everywhere. And I'm looking at these human skulls, and I'm like, ugh. And then they show the cracked turtle shell with no turtle in it, and I was like, no! (laughs) This bastard! (laughs) (laughs) Not Not the turtle. Not the turtle. I was like, hell no! He's gone too far this time!
1: Yeah. The feathers fucked with me in that similar way. Yeah. I didn't like all the feathers. I was very upset by the idea of all the feathers.
0: They just seem dirty, right? Like, it, it seems...
1: Yeah, they seem like they'd stick to you. And then also just imagining how many, like, animals had to die for that many feathers to be around. Like, it just... I did not like it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a disgusting scene. And you can see that he's almost, like, glued feathers to certain skulls and whatnot.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like a little arts and crafts moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's talented. But um, maybe <laughs> open his own Etsy shop. Maybe use a different medium.
2: <laughs> like not humans, you know? Or animals.
0: <laughs> you got to use some bones, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't ask him to go full boneless here. You got to wean him off slowly.
2: That's his signature. <laughs> bones. You can't just take that away from him because then what does he have left? His brand's ruined. <laughs> Oh. He's a businessman. <laughs> 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 sacrifices must be made for his art.
0: Oh god. Like 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 our sacrifices must be done. We must get drunk on Wednesdays for our art.
1: Exactly. Very so similar. He also must kill animals for his art. Just animals, not the humans. Mmm.
0: I think there's some humans game's eh, cool with yeah.
1: leaving. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs>
2: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really be upset about a majority. <laughs> I think
0: would be the the correct phrase there.
2: Yeah, I can make a list of like ten people who maybe not, but everyone else. Eh. <laughs> Only
1: ten are protected. Yeah, about ten.
0: We're. I'm not. I'll be honest with you, AJ. I'm not uh, sure we're in that ten. I, I don't <laughs> either. <laughs> not either. <laughs> I would even kind of assume no. Like I, I'm <laughs> leaning towards
1: no. It seems like a really small list. Like I just I know my friend Zach is on it, but I don't know if we are. Yeah, Zach is definitely on it. He's like number eight. Do you
0: notice the, the oh, lack shit. of the lack of like comforting phrases? Here? No. She's like she's like, oh yeah, I mean, you're right on the money. <laughs> Probably not on that <laughs> list. The weird part yeah, was she could no. take twenty people. She just, No, she, she, chose she chose ten. 10. Like
1: <laughs> she could have chose hundred. She couldn't chose any to, amount.
0: It was up to fifty, but she decided to keep it to the top ten. <laughs>
2: yeah, any more than that, it's excessive. You know? <laughs> it's
0: excessive.
2: Then it's not exclusive. Then it's just like everyone could be on the list. What's the point?
0: If she brings, if she brings twenty people, she won't have enough bones for her bone couch.
2: <laughs> I like his craftsmanship. What can I say? I appreciate
0: good work when I see it. It's an original. Made <laughs> <laughs> with love. But after after Kirk gets slapped with a hammer, he gets hammer slapped <laughs> real good. Um, then comes Pam's death, which is perhaps the oh, most horrific. iconic, in my opinion. Uh, her getting. She, she walks in and finds Leatherface, and then there's one of the most memorable scenes for me. It's when she runs out of the door, and Leatherface comes mm-hmm. and grabs her and pulls her back in. Mm-hmm. There's nothing supernatural about it. There's no superhuman strength in it. It's just really somebody grabbing somebody and stopping them going through. And yeah. I, I feel like that's super weird, and it's realism, and it's, it, it messes with me. And, and uh, Leatherface isn't in shape or anything. You know, he he's just a guy. <laughs> uh-huh. And it, there's something so human about the way he grabs her and pulls her in and everything that I think adds a lot to it. Like, Jason or Freddie picking somebody up and putting them on a meat hook is one thing. Some dude just doing it is another, you know?
2: Yeah. The meat hook scene is probably my favorite because I can kind of, like... I obviously don't know how it feels, but you can almost, like feel the sensation of it. Like, a meat hook through the fucking spine. Oh, It's, like, disturbing me, but, like, I like it. Like, it's, it's crazy, but I like it so much. It's one of my favorite, favorite things. And they do that in a couple of the other movies,
1: too, and it's my favorite part that they do.
0: Yeah. The hooks are iconic.
1: I mean, it's I think that, that that's where I had to think about it. I had to think, what would it feel like for me to be stabbed by this hook? Versus just being like afraid of it going to happen. Like I don't know why but for something about the way that this film plays out it makes me think more about like oh if I was in that situation what would it feel like versus just like oh my god how horrific would that be to feel it. Like there's some difference in my head and that's the first time that I think I get why it's scary and I get why I would be upset if that happened to me but I don't I have to work to feel that.
0: I I think the horror in that scene comes from like getting hit in the head with a hammer and dying isn't necessarily as horrifying as being alive knowing something's terrible even more terrible is gonna happen to you as you sit there having your body being essentially ruined by being s- sat on a hook and then we've also haven't mentioned how while she's sitting there being hung mm-hmm. she he takes a chainsaw to her boyfriend and yeah looks like cuts her cuts his head off or at least cuts him from like shoulder level yeah and it's just like, I, I can see why you, that's where it kind of sunk in for you. Like what an awful situation it would be. Because it's like, not only are you defenseless and hopeless, but you also got to watch this person who you know and love be cut into two pieces. Yeah. And all of this is shown with almost no blood. And they show mm-hmm. they don't even show the hook necessarily go through her. It's just kind of all left to your imagination.
2: Yeah, even the chainsawing the boyfriend part, like, it's covered. There's, like, a purposeful object covering it, and you can, it's implied. You can see him with the chainsaw, and you know what he's doing, but you're not physically seeing it. And I think that's even, like, grosser. Because, like, the point isn't for us to see it. The point is that she's watching it. The point is that mm-hmm. she's experiencing this. While she's trying to kind of lift herself off the hook, which also... disgusting when the hook is in you and you're trying to like lift yourself but you kind of fall back down you're essentially re-stabbing yourself yeah and i find that so gross but like obviously really really cool but it's more like it isolates that moment for that character and not necessarily for us and i think that's what makes it really effective
0: it's not like pulling something out of you it's pulling yourself up off of something Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, that- and
2: it's like defenseless and like you're just, you're hanging there watching someone that you know get butchered and the sound of the chainsaw is so loud but it's mixed with the sound of her scream. It's just a perfect sequence. Like it's just incredible. And I mean I I get that it doesn't necessarily makes me it doesn't make me scared, but it definitely sets in that gross discomfort of like oh that's really shitty. That's really fucking gross
0: but I like it and <laughs> it makes me keep watching the rest of the movie. See that scene it, to me is scarier than like all of the grudge. Like mm. that, that uh, it, it triggers something in me that makes me just shiver. Like I just, I, I really enjoyed that scene, but it, it's the, it's what makes that movie scary to me, even though it's not like conventionally scary. It, it is sat with me and, and fucked with me more than other movies.
2: No, I agree. The disturbing, disturbing things like this affect me more than like cheap pop outs and like jump scares and stuff like that. Those kind of are just like, in my, in my opinion, easy things to do in a scary movie to quote unquote scare people. But this, I think the disturbance of it is a bit more that lingers with you for longer than the quick lapse of, oh my God, that popped out and it got really scary and got really loud and then I'm over it.
1: Yeah, yeah I think there's
2: a difference in
1: how to ha- go about it. I mean, I get that; that makes sense to me. But for some reason, it just didn't ring the same way.
0: Interesting. I, I and I get it too. It it certainly is tame, due to some uh, like modern standards to some degree. And I and I can, I can totally get that. There's also he he laughs. At least it sounds mm. like he laughs when pulling her back into the house and stuff like that. And that. That really gets to me too i think it's more of like he enjoys it but what really affected me was after it might be after he kills um jerry but i don't think so i think it's after he kills pam he kills pam kind of looks at what he's done and then kind of cowers in the other room do you remember that like he's like clearly stressed he sits down he kind of like rubs his face and is like he, he gives oh, almost yeah. the evolution of like oh this is bad you know yeah yeah and i think that is really scary to me too because he had just horribly brutalized and murdered two people but then he sits down and is afraid of clearly some other force you know like mm-hmm. he, yeah. he knows he's gonna have to pay the piper in some direction and to see that little bit of humanity and something so inhuman yeah, it makes me shiver just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it's really creepy and I think they kind of slowly adapt kind of a malicious innocence to Leatherface. You know, you, you start seeing him. It might be other movies affecting me too, but I kind of see him as like a child ripping the legs off of an ant, you know?
2: Oh, 100%. I think that's 100% his characterization. Like, he's not the sole villain in this. He's not the main baddie i guess mm-hmm. not bad bitch but you know what i mean like yeah. bad person in this There, there is definitely something that pushes him and drives him to do this which we find later on and yeah. that continues throughout the movie as well throughout the franchise the, i'm yeah, sorry yeah
0: as well i also have written it's just an odd little note but he wears a tie in the beginning and something okay. about he's a professional something about the coherence to put on a tie before you go and make <laughs> bone nice. furniture scares me a little bit <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's like he's not a complete savage he wears a tie <laughs> he's a gentleman i respect
2: that i respect the drip and i love it
0: <sighs> uh anything else about this section of the movie i guess we're talking kirk and pam's death
2: i think we're good
0: yeah listen
2: all right the movie's pretty short so you know we're covering yeah covering a good amount of it
0: especially because kind of leading into this movie being short i feel the next 20 minutes are widely filler yes yeah we get a whole lot of the remaining three characters shouting for the first two dead characters and then the third character dies and then it's jerry the guy with the afro dies and he dies uh he gets leather faced with a hammer right isn't that pretty much it he just i'm trying to remember jerry's death actually he finds Pam in the freezer. He goes in and he finds oh, Pam yeah. who's was hooked but never really killed and is still alive in the freezer. And then he gets sledgehammered in the head. Very similar to the way they talk about sledgehammering cows mm-hmm. um, early on. Uh, but honestly, his death is looking for the other two showing up and getting sledgehammered. Like, there's really nothing super iconic about it, I guess, unless you consider pam in the fridge oh so it is you know he finds pam in the freezer and then hits her and then that's when he has his moment where he looks his and, moment yeah and whatnot it's after killing jerry but then we still have our final girl of sally and franklin, franklin. in the wheelchair and the next 20 minutes of the movie is them in the dark going jerry, jerry! <laughs> um <laughs> it's that it's the part i feel could be cut the most it was yeah. a
2: lot, yeah.
0: They had definitely they None of these characters got a whole lot of characterization, but I feel like they left us with two of the most uninteresting ones, personally. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Kip.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I agree. I mean, I have a soft spot for Sally just because I I like. I mean, obviously, we find it later. She has, you know, she stays on for longer than obviously Franklin, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, I just love her, I don't know, maybe because she's like, her scream is amazing, mm-hmm. and I love all the scenes she's in, I think she portrays the final girl very well, um, so I have a soft spot for her, but as far as personality, if you ask me, like, what about her besides being the main victim, or the longest victim in this movie, there's not much I can say about her, I like her pants. Other than that, that, you know, she's not memorable as an individual aside from the role she plays in this
0: movie. Until she's the final girl she has next to nothing going for her.
2: She has that trope really well for her, but there's not much in terms of personality.
0: Where I guess that kind of also fits into the whole slasher genre, which is widely considered to have started with Halloween kind of not being quite formed yet, where the final girl's supposed to be the one you know the most about and the one you sympathize for the most. Uh, or at least that's typically the trope, you know?
2: Yeah, and I mean, this one also, like, I don't want to spoil the ending, but. The ending... We're we're getting um, near there. We're getting near there. Yeah, that's also important to the trope, too, because that carries on into Halloween as well. And it kind of changes how that trope plays out.
0: Yeah. Um... So I have that there's a lot of basically dead air listed here on my notes um, as they're looking for Jerry. And then the dead air gets cut pretty seriously when while they're looking for the other two, Leatherface comes out of nowhere in a pretty good jump scare moment that I believe scared
1: AJ. It for sure scared me. (laughs)
0: Uh, And there's a little bit of a sound cue for this one. This one is more of a traditional jump scare than some of the earlier ones, but I felt like it had earned it at that point. Mm hmm. Um and he just goes to town on Franklin with that chainsaw, and he basically... Well, I say this. I say it's, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, and it's really gross. He, like, sticks the chainsaw on him and, like, pulls it down and shit, when really all it is is, like, his silhouette getting chainsawed and a little bit of blood yeah. hitting. But I think it just shows to how effective the filmmaking is, where in my head, I was like, oh, and this uh, Franklin gets brutalized. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that the scenes are very much, like, you know what's happening, but you don't see it. It's a bit more, ooh, like, not risque, but it it does make, it gives you that visualization without giving it to you. And it makes it a bit more, like, frightening than being upfront about it, like it has in the other two death scenes. It's like, and it's also in the dark, so it sets the tone a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: It's like you can imagine worse than what they can show you.
2: Exactly, exactly. Do you... you don't need to see skin flailing in order for it to be something that you can think of in your head.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. Uh, do you agree with that, AJ?
1: I don't know. I feel like I, I got scared by him showing up, for sure. I think that this was the most effective death for me, but I think that, I don't know, maybe I've just become so used to seeing such gruesome death that, like, it doesn't fuck with me as much as I think it fucks with you guys.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. It's interesting. It's it's uh and I, I I totally see your point, you know. Uh it's 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 interesting to me that the two that have seen more <laughs> are affected yeah. by less. Yeah, it, you know, I also I mean,
1: think that's interesting.
0: It's like we've seen maybe that's what it is, is we've seen so much that the idea of it being kind of left up to us is worse, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh that's that's really interesting. So after franklin dies and he gets chainsawed we get a really long chase scene between sally and really long and it includes her jumping out of multiple windows which i thought for the nickel this movie was made for looked half dis half decent right
1: yeah
2: yeah no definitely it was pretty
0: cool yeah and she's kind of um I-, I think she's pretty badass with it i i do agree it goes on for a little too long what did you guys think
2: yeah yeah but i mean I'm i'm not mad about it either I I like the chase scenes. You know, they they become very, uh, like, a staple of slashers from then on, having, like, a chase scene. Maybe not that long, but it definitely solidified itself as, like, a portion of, like, that gets input into a lot of slasher movies moving forward. The killer chasing the final girl. Um, And I, I think it's just incredible how this became, like, the blueprint for that.
0: Definitely. And there's not a lot of music either. It's, it's pretty much the sound screams and chainsaws.
2: And I love that.
0: I do too. I think it, it makes it gross and real.
2: Exactly. I think the realism in this, not just from like the way they use sounds to just exist as sounds and not have any background and not have any you know soundtrack put in, in the back, makes it feel more realistic. And I think it adds to the moment where everything else is silent, but obviously the chainsaw. You're experiencing it the way that she is, Mm -hmm. hearing it. And I think that is pretty, pretty cool. (laughs) Granted, maybe they didn't have the money to put in music. Like, obviously, this was the 70s. Maybe it was definitely on a very low-budget movie. But I think regardless of that, if if this was the intention or not, I think it works really well for the tone of the movie overall.
0: I feel like in the 70s, right, if you were to show them, like, Halloween and Texas Chainsaw, right, like, back to back, Mm -hmm. both of them would be appalling, I guess, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) Texas Chainsaw has a grittiness and, like, realness to it, and Halloween has much more of a, I guess, like, fun element or a, a, like, Halloween vibe that's trying to, like, pull the essence of a scary holiday and, and put it into it. It's still a home invasion movie, and it's still a serial killer, but there's it's much less real feeling than Texas Chainsaw is. There's a certain awkward grace to Leatherface running through brambles that are very clearly uncomfortable to run through. You know, he's, yeah. he's not just mowing yeah. through them. They're, they're clearly, like, an obstacle. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, it's definitely the way they set it up looks more... Authentic than being on like a basic set where you can tell things are kind of put there for the convenience of the actors more so like no and I mean that then actually did happen in terms of production which you know maybe we'll talk about later um, they did really want authenticity for a lot of the things whether it's because they couldn't afford to have a set or not but um, they had a lot of authenticity in how things were produced and how things were made and what the actors actually had to do to produce that sort of authenticity so um, I think it works well because it is done that way it looks real and raw because it is done that way so I think it really adds to that as an audience member and obviously a horror fan to see something like that because it 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 does make it seem like it's taking place in real time before your eyes and you're watching something actually unfold in real time as opposed to like obviously having a production system and editing and blah, blah 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 so I think that's pretty cool element to it as well
0: There's never a scene through Leatherface's mask with breathing as he's watching in the distance Mm -hmm. or anything, you know, it -hmm. it, it never, it never suspends that disbelief. It's just happening. And I I think, I think that's maybe why it gets us a bit more as we're used to seeing something much more produced and much more commercial, whereas in this feels realistic in its shittiness in some ways. (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: definitely. I think the low budget worked in its
0: favor really well sally eventually runs back to the gas station they went to originally with the creepy guy that didn't have any gas so it was officially it was just a station uh she she arrives at the (laughs) barbecue hut and she goes to the guy and is like oh there's someone trying to kill me help me help me and he's like oh i'll be right back i'm gonna pull the car around and we'll go drive to somewhere with a phone and then he essentially is like oh sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna tie you up and and uh, take you away. And she tries to defend herself by pulling out a knife. And then the gas station owner... Did they ever say his name? I- I'm sure no, he has a name. I don't think name. so. Um, is he... Is he not the... Correct
2: me if I'm wrong. Is he not the dad of the family? I believe he's, he in,
0: la- he's in later movies and plays a wider role. But in this one, I'm not sure they... because his
2: name is um drayton sawyer yes so i think the sawyer i think implies that he is the dad of the family
0: yeah yeah um but that's kind of like the twist isn't it is that yeah yeah You think he he might be some salvation uh but he winds up just turning them into the rest of the family um she it pulls out a knife but then our buddy takes a broom and just <laughs> takes the broom Knocks and pokes her out. with it a couple of times and she drops <laughs> the knife and then he beats her with the broom kind of lightly until she falls asleep <laughs> and then he puts her in, <laughs> in the side of a car
1: I like that you said falls asleep instead of knocked out that's you kind of what it was asleep. though <laughs> like she, she's tired
0: you know she's, she's done
1: it was calming it calmed her down enough to fall asleep and then,
0: uh, yeah, she's so she's she's taking a nap in the passenger seat, uh, with a bag over her head, and he's <laughs> poking her awkwardly with the broom handle for most of the drive back up to the Sawyer house. And uh, my favorite was I was watching the scene and I was like, oh, okay, he's like you know hitting her while she's down. This is going on for a while. Yeah, he's still kind of fucking with her with that stick, huh? Yeah, that's weird. And then it ends, and Angie just goes, "What?" <laughs> 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 oh that shit was so good
1: that was me for most of this movie It was just kind of like something would end and i was just like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> but as he's pulling into the sawyer's sawyer house with sally in the passenger seat they run into the hitchhiker from the beginning of the movie who they you figure out is a member of the sawyer family and he was the one that was defiling the graves and uh uh, what was his name again What Sawyer? um
2: um nubbin nubbins, nubbins. nubbin
0: nubbin I, I, so, so, <laughs> something tells me it's not nubbin i'm sorry it says nubbin
1: online it says Does nubbin it really <laughs>
0: yeah nubbin sawyer
1: edwin neal aka nubbin sawyer <laughs> okay. nubbins
0: no that's the that wait that's the hitchhiker yes yes nubbins. yes that's the hitchhiker i was talking about the the dad oh the dad
1: the dad's drayton drayton, Sawyer. drayton okay i was
0: like you did not say nubbins like <laughs> when, you said, <laughs> when you said drayton earlier you did not say nubbins um, <laughs> what's bizarre is i'm on the the wikipedia entry for him right now and under known relatives it doesn't have a list it just says c family and <laughs> it's like yeah that's why i'm fucking looking here um, so they find nubbins as he's returning home <laughs> and uh, he's like they almost found you they know you're defiling graves you idiot and kind of scolds him and then they enter the Sawyer house with Sally and he realizes that Leatherface has killed all of the teenagers and he starts scolding Leatherface he's like yeah idiot <laughs> did of them get away what'd you do and all that and I love that for whatever reason the idea of this man having Leatherface cowering Um, I, I really enjoy it personally. I thought it was
1: funny.
2: Yeah. Um, I definitely, I mean, in that sense, like seeing him cower to me was more, I guess, very sad. See, I don't see Leatherface as a particularly frightening character in the same way that I would see, like well michael's not frightening to me but you know what i mean like he doesn't embody (laughs) fear to me in the sense that those characters are are supposed to i feel the fact that he acts that way makes it seem more like i mean sad like i want to give him a hug like he seems like he hates living in that place (laughs) and his i (laughs) he's just very he seems like really sweet and like he doesn't want to to do this I want to give him a hug. He doesn't deserve to be there because they're fucking mean to him. And the fact that he yells okay. at him, like, fuck, can you
1: not do that? Me and Kim have been friends for, I don't know, a couple years now. And she barely wants to give me a hug, but she wants to give Leatherface a hug.
2: Yeah. But
1: she even... wants to hold your hand. Yes. <laughs> That's also false
0: information. <laughs>
2: But I feel like in that sense, you, you, it's implied that the power doesn't lie with him, even though he is the brute force. It lies with mm-hmm. the rest of the family that is the control head of the situation. He's not doing it out of his own accord, necessarily. Maybe, maybe there is some intention on his part, but I think it's implied that they're the ones, specifically the father and probably the grandfather, which we get introduced to in a second after that, um, are the figureheads that kind of lead the family. As opposed to what we thought was Leatherface himself being almost like a vigilante on his own accord, killing yeah. people for the sake of killing people.
1: I, what the fuck is the grandfather?
2: He's wearing a mask, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's like I, an I, old man mask.
0: I think it's a very, no, I, I believe he's supposed to be an old man, but it just doesn't.
1: But no, that old? How old? I, I, is he a okay. vampire? What the I've fuck? Always,
0: I've always been under the impression that he's alive right like and it might be other movies that give me that knowledge but while watching this movie there is no evidence that that man is no alive. there's That's no bad.
1: evidence that he's alive
0: so i don't think he is we're, we're a little ahead of ourselves let, let, let's get here real quick real quick okay um so we've also gotten to, we're having two long episodes in a row we're getting too we're getting comfortable <laughs> now um so uh the gas station owner whose name I forgot for the third time in this episode <laughs> comes in and starts yelling at Nubbins, who I will never forget his name uh, <laughs> He starts Can. yelling at, at Nubbins Sawyer and Leatherface and, um, is like scolding them. And there's a part I love where earlier, um, Leatherface cuts down a door, the front door to get to Sally. And he looks and he goes, you ruined the door. <laughs> you damn fool. You ruined the door. It's my favorite. Um, but, um, oh, I uh, did I already ask? I, I might have already. Did the gas station guy being with the family surprise you at all, AJ? No. I okay.
1: saw it coming.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: But I don't know if that's because I've seen this movie before.
0: I feel like every Texas Chainsaw has the movie of, you thought the good guy in the big was good, but he's with mama and his friends, right? I, I
1: remember. Yeah. Because I remember seeing the girl in the last time, like the other version I watched, I remember being like, oh, no, that guy's not helpful either and being shocked by it. So, like, this time I wasn't shocked by it.
0: It's like a trope of the, the series, I think.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, but then we have pretty much the dinner scene where they all eat dinner together. And it's probably the most iconic portion of the mm-hmm. movie is yeah. the dinner scene and how long it goes first of all leather faces and i don't know what to call the mask but a lot of the like toys and collectibles refer to that look as his pretty woman look yeah um wait and...
1: before this happens they take grandpa downstairs yes and they cut sally's finger and they put it in grandpa's mouth and have grandpa Grandpa it seems Oh like he, he is alive. His finger. He, he was he was living yeah. for the suck. He was he living sucks for the suck. The finger, and that's why I don't understand what the fuck is he because I can't tell if he's alive or not, but he sucks her finger. He only lives for the suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. The sucking's the only thing that makes him feel alive. <laughs> it is pretty disturbing though. Um, there's somebody important that plays Grandpa right, Kim, am I oh. wrong?
1: um um his john name john duggan
0: yeah duggan he's a uh... uh, Nubbin. <laughs> nobin there's what's it what's important about that there's something important he's about 81
2: that. years old he's been in the other um texas Chainsaw. Yes. he went he was in the 3d version um
0: as well i seem to remember the guy the guy that played grandpa being like a writer or somebody like I guess I guess not. I can't find anything on it. What I can find is this interesting thing: Grandpa, now 137 years old in Texas uh-huh. Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's so he's mm. beyond ancient, but he's most certainly alive. <laughs> in, okay, in that maybe it's the finger sucking that keeps him alive. <laughs> it's
1: the blood. He's a vampire.
0: That would be an interesting, like I, w- I don't necessarily want that to happen, but I'd, I'd almost respect <laughs> a movie. It, I'll tell you what, they could have Grandpa be a vampire and have them all be a vampire family, and it probably wouldn't be the worst Texas Chainsaw movie that would come out. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> but yeah, but there, there's some good finger, some finger licking times that go on. <laughs> And then they sit at the table, and basically Sally screams at this table for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really all that happens, but it is really iconic. Some of the headlamps around there, th- those um, oh
1: yeah, those are upsetting.
0: Those are like a direct reference to who's the serial killer again? It's it's is it Geen or Gacy? Yes, Ed Gein. It's Gein, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Gein who had made lampshades out of human skin. Not quite that horrific. Like, including, you know, the eyebrows and shit, if I remember correctly. But certainly, human skin furniture, and that, that, that's almost a direct call to that, right?
2: Yeah, the character himself, in part, is based off of or influenced by Ed Gein. For the most part. Not 100%, but definitely there were elements of it. Yeah. And that characterization yeah. gets increased as the franchise goes on, I believe, in... One of the other parts, but yeah, no, it was directly influenced by Gene himself.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, I, that's like one of the. I think that's something most people know about Texas Chainsaw. You know, yeah, is that Ed Gein is related in some degree. Uh, but I mean, what what else is there to say? Uh, Kim, could you help describe the dinner scene to some degree?
2: Um, I mean, it's one of it's very almost chaotic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. a degree. Like there's there's a lot of like yelling and screaming, obviously on Sally's end. Um, I mean, I'd be screaming too if all these people were like hounding her and yelling at her. I mean, I mean, it introduces us to the fact that there is, in a sense, a family that is taking part in this, and it's implied, or I'm I i do not remember if it's directly said or if it's just implied. Um, that they they they're cannibals. They eat people.
1: Yes. Oh, it's implied.
2: Yeah, but it definitely is like, in a way, He's heavily just the cook implied. Is
0: is said a lot.
2: Yeah, like they're yeah. they're cannibals. They eat people, and this is what they do. Is when they find travelers, um, they essentially use them as means of food. <laughs> and so this wasn't a coincidence that these guys ended up here, and you can see that by the way they have Sally kind of. Oh, she on the table, right? Or was she sitting? She's sitting. Pam She's is sitting. on the table, right? They, uh...
0: Yes, I believe... Um, I'm not 100% There's sure. There's no, like, body on the table. Yeah. yeah, I
2: believe it's Pam's body is on the table. And it kind of almost, like, the way you would set a table when you're having, like, a feast. You would have, like, the main course in the middle of the table, and that's kind of how they have her. Um, So in that way, it's, it's kind of implied. And also the blood sucking is... Another part of the implication um, That they eat people And we love that We love cannibalism
0: <laughs> <laughs> They also show that Dr- Drayton Sawyer the, the gas station guy Isn't necessarily into all of the killing uh, He says no. that like, he can't tolerate the killing And he doesn't enjoy the killing He hates that they enjoy the killing so much He's just the cook And then in the beginning of the movie When they first pull up to the gas station He's like oh don't go up there Like, Come on you don't want to go up there Just get out of here Um, yeah and and it makes me he also tells him to wait for gas i'm not sure if he actually had gas or whatever but part of me likes to think that he was really like oh come on you guys are too young get out of here like i don't i don't want to i don't want to watch you guys go i'm not saying he's a good guy but i think that some of his get out of there in the beginning might have actually been genuine like there's a reluctance i guess did you get that as well or am i looking too far into that
1: i think so i think that was kind of the vibe i got I think it's just interesting how his character changes throughout the
2: franchise because in later films, he's portrayed as the one that's, like, the main head honcho yeah. of the family. Where I think here, it's more so, like, yeah, I'm just a cook. I'm, I'm here to, like, support the family as opposed to being the one who's pushing it.
0: He says a line that I think sums it up really well where he's like, life's full of shit you don't want to do or something like that. He's like, mm-hmm. sometimes you there's things you got to do even if you don't want to or something like that. Yeah. There's some good shots in that dinner scene uh, that stand out. There's like really close-ups of the of her of Sally's bloodshot eyeball and shit like that that I feel oh, like yeah. are pretty effective. Uh, it's a lot of really fast cuts of her screaming and crying, and I think you you put it best, Kim, when you said chaos, like chaotic, like it's it's certainly chaotic and a lot of like sensory overload. Like you just want out of there. <laughs> yeah especially cuz had...
2: like other scenes have been quiet like we've kind of mentioned it hasn't been super
0: overfilled with sound and then that one that 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 scene gets real crazy and then they they decide to kill Sally but they want grandpa to have the honor cuz grandpa had been the best killer when he was younger apparently but he's also 137 so he can't even hold the hammer (laughs) Mm -hmm. they keep missing but you can see that he keeps missing his swings or like he kind of drops the hammer on her head instead of like swinging it just kind of like he it loses his grip and it falls on her head and she is bleeding a little bit like it does hit her semi-decently a couple of times but I don't know there's probably like a good seven or eight swings right yeah Yeah. there's
1: a lot of swings that don't like get the impact that needs to hit for her to die. Yeah, but, but it's tries.
0: it's it just it, it it contributes to the chaos. There's just eight minutes. If so, if yeah. that, you know, like it's it's really dark.
2: It's probably one of my favorites aside from the Pam killing scene. Um, it's probably one of my favorites just cuz it's there's so much chaos happening and it's it's like it's all built to this moment. Everything else has kind of been built towards seeing Leatherface, and now it's it's more so, not the explanation, but the action portion that we've kind of been waiting to see. And, I mean, poor Sally is just, like, screaming, and I'm like, what's going to happen to this girl? Like, she's going through a lot. I would have given up a long time ago. I would have been like, you know what, fucking eat me. <laughs> like, fuck it.
0: No, you'd have been like, Bob, I'm going to get you out of here.
2: Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to raise you as my own. I'm like, don't yell at him. It's not his fault. <laughs> don't yell at him. What, He's a what sweetheart a and smile. I stand by that. Skin <sighs> mask and everything. I'm like, you know what? Let's go. Oh,
0: God. So eventually, uh, what what really contributes to Sally breaking free? I'm trying to remember.
2: She just kind of shoves him off. Like, she's yeah. just yeah. screaming and she just like.
1: Oh, no. um, Nubbin's tries to take the hammer and do it himself so he releases her.
0: Yes, he lets go of her for a second and she takes a she makes a run for it.
1: Mhm.
0: Um so she's she pretty much runs and there's a continuous like a a, a short chase scene of Nubbins and Leatherface going after her. Leatherface and his new Pretty Woman look, uh, wearing a ton of makeup and whatnot, And a very like flowery apron. I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't really describe what the Pretty Woman look was. But his he most of the movie he has his classic like Leatherface and yellow apron or whatever and tie and whatnot. Or maybe it's not yellow. I, mean, I think it's yellow in the later movies and it's like tan in this first one. But um, and then he he's very very much wearing makeup and a woman's face in the second part and it's almost like he got dressed up for dinner you know Mm -hmm. that's always the way i've kind of interpreted it and it's (laughs) gross in that way you know that's like this is his idea of getting dressed up for dinner but they they're chasing her as she's running away and she runs into the street and a truck pulls up and she kind of stands in front of the truck and the truck driver gets out and they're both chased by Leatherface, and in my head she got in the back of that truck and the movie ends. But that's not what happens. They're no. both both the truck driver and her are running from Leatherface and then a third car comes up. She blocks that third car, jumps in the back of the third car, and leaves the truck driver, and we never figure out what happens to that fucking truck driver. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he fucking dies. A hundred percent he, he dies. Me. Yeah, I think yeah. he's done. I think he's
0: dead. I think they got his ass. Yeah, no, definitely.
2: That's Obviously
0: funny. I am shortening an incredible scene. And yeah. really making light of it, because there's a lot that happens. When they run out, the truck driver I totally forgot to mention just runs over Nubbins. And, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's a great scene of Nubbins just getting obliterated by this <laughs> truck. And uh Leatherface continues to chase her the other car pulls up and then Leatherface falls over and cuts his own leg with the chainsaw and that was, that's what really ends the chase
1: mm-hmm. is he's, he's
0: limping at like the end of it
1: yeah that scene where he cuts himself with the chainsaw is really upsetting to me really yeah I don't like the idea of cutting myself with the chainsaw
0: is it similar to uh kim's thing where you're upset that he was being bullied by his family and like...
1: <laughs> no it's not that much sympathetic it's just for some reason the idea of like accidentally falling and cutting yourself with a chainsaw seems way too close to home and i'm like that sounds terrifying way I don't want too that close to, to home How as l- a clumsy yeah. person
2: as... holding a chainsaw and running with Dude. it as it's ru- as it's on okay he's clumsy I- Cool with a chainsaw? I... like <laughs> Not a <laughs> How chainsaw, hit close to but home?
1: I used to carry, it was like a, it was supposed to cut like um, plants back, but it's basically as sharp as a chainsaw. And I really could have fallen and hurt myself with it. And I used to carry that shit all the time. So it just feels a little too realistic That I could fall and hurt myself And cut myself with a chainsaw
0: (laughs) Accidental injuries AJ can relate to Yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) My everyday life is an accidental injury So I can relate to it deeply
0: So, So Sally climbs into the back of the pickup truck And they drive off She's covered in blood and screaming her head off And it makes for Probably one of the most iconic endings For any horror movie ever and then Bubba has his chainsaw tantrum where he just spins the chainsaw and screams and yells, and it's just all crescendos to me for like a, a super satisfying ending.
2: Yes. It's iconic. The ending is amazing. It ended beautifully.
0: You can take any still shot from that ending and make a t-shirt out of it. Like it's 100%. it's iconic. AJ?
1: It was fine. <laughs> it was fine <laughs> I I don't know I just thought it, the whole movie was fine that's the best I got I mean yeah is
0: so there anything that stood out to you in particular is there anything that surprised you
1: I mean he cut himself with a chainsaw that was pretty upsetting but for the most part it was mostly all pretty fine
0: alright well give me your, your favorite segment then
1: I think maybe the dinner scene was my favorite segment. Or I thought that the point where, um, oh, what's her name? Pam. When Pam's in there and she like falls on all of those bones and stuff. That was pretty like good. Like I thought that was pretty interesting. I just, after those two moments, it was all pretty fine. So over
0: overall opinions on the movie then? Besides Nine? fine? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I think that's my opinion
0: that's fine that's that's the final review if you watched aj has watched texas chainsaw massacre for the first time and she thought it was fine
2: Fine. what about leatherface himself did you like what did you think about him he was fine too
1: (laughs) i really think that i ruined this by watching the remake because i feel like yeah i mean he was he was okay he was fine but as what do like a police Because even when you watch it 2013
2: that's still like he's not a character that's replicable in other movies like he's pretty iconic
0: L- like as compared to like my- you've seen Michael Myers, you've seen Jason Voorhees, you've seen Freddy Krueger like
1: yeah, I like him the least. All right, well that's something. <laughs> that's Why? Something to go off of. I don't know. I think Michael is creepy. I think that Jason is very like they all have backstories. They all have like very interesting um steps. Like Freddie is funny and I feel like Night I liked Nightmare before more than I liked this. Yeah, I just liked all those movies more than I liked this movie. This movie was fine. <laughs>
0: Well, that's fair. That's, that's fair enough. It's funny that you said there's there's no backstory because yeah, a lot of people you... consider the downfall of this series is when they tried to explain Leatherface too much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I'm not saying that's necessarily the wrong path to go. It's just funny how if you were to ask, like, most fans what went wrong, they'd be like, when they tried to explain Leatherface, they fucked they, they things up. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree.
2: I mean... He kind of technically does have an implied background, like his family are cannibals. I don't think I don't really care about anything else. I think that's an interesting little like seed. And yeah, mm-hmm. later on in the film, they tr- they do try to give him more of like a background, like a name and like things yeah. like that. And I I kind of dislike that too because I feel like it's unnecessary. I wouldn't say Michael has a background per se. I mean, unless you want to look unless at Unless like, you're counting
0: Rob Zombie and him having mental yeah, exactly, illness involving exactly. his mother. Contributing if you to take that
2: killing- out, because that's what I think ruins Michael's character. Besides that, I don't really think he has much of a background. And same with like, even Freddie. Like, he has an implied background, but it's not necessarily concrete.
0: When they straight up say it in, like, the fifth movie, it's bad.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like this does enough of a job to give you, like, yeah, there's cannibals. We're not going to explain that. I'm fine with it. (laughs) And later on when they try to, I'm like, please stop. I I accepted the cannibalism. I did not ask questions. Do not give me answers I did not ask for.
0: I still can't believe that Rob Zombie watched the first Halloween where basically they say Michael's just the incarnation of evil and he's very clearly not human and he might be the devil. He's just a a single entity of evil. And then Rob Zombie was like, hmm. No. What if he was (laughs) mentally ill? (laughs) Because his (laughs) mom was a stripper. And (laughs) it's like, oh,
2: great! I think that's what makes Leatherface to me more human and not necessarily, I guess, on par of frighteningness. Like michael is the incarnation of evil Freddy is legitimately i mean, he goes demon. through dreams he's he's yeah. fear you know and jason is more so he's a stalker but like i love him he's a stalker but he's cool um and this is more like he's just a person and that might be frightening to some people because it's it's more like essentially it is based off a real human being who did kill one person but also did have these kind of proclivities of making human furniture and disembodying disemboweling I'm sorry um humans from graves like this is this definitely did happen so i think to some degree that makes it more frightening and believable than oh yeah he it, it's it's just evil which to me is always kind of like okay it's kind of lame we're just going to ba- blame blame it on like an evil entity or an evil feeling but like whatever this is more based more in the real life because it did, to a, to a degree, did actually happen and can possibly happen. Like there are some sick fucks out there. I listen to true crime. There's some evil, disgusting, <sighs> nasty, dark shit that actually does happen in the world. And I think that makes this more real and frightening.
1: But I think that's why it doesn't scare me because I also listen to true crime and I'm used, like I've always said that slashers don't scare me because I'm used to the concept that humans are evil and maybe that's why this doesn't like affect me too deeply because the idea of something that I can't control or something that's not a human is so much more upsetting to me than like a human being who just like fucking sucks like I feel like I understand that and I have a good understanding of like that that exists but I don't know what to do with ghosts someone you know?
0: someone cutting someone into tiny pieces and throwing them in a the freezer is just like a Tuesday night podcast <laughs> yeah the grudge woman that's outside of your window like right now yes uh you you can't control that or like you're that you can't explain that so that that fucks with you more
2: i don't believe in ghosts so that's probably where i'm coming from but i i don't think hauntings are a thing or possession or any of that so a real human breaking in and cutting me up is definitely a probability that exists every fucking day which is scary as fuck. Yes,
1: I agree. But I also have had that fear for so long that I think that's just like a part of my everyday life fear. Versus watching something that talks about something I can't control or something I don't understand makes me much more afraid. And like ghosts and demons and stuff fall into that.
0: That's fair. It's just a, it's a different type of horror. We might have a, a third subgenre <clears throat> here. Yeah. It's coming. In. Well, all right. We should probably start wrapping up as uh, we're almost hitting the two-hour mark here. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, AJ, you've kind of settled. You wanted to say, right? Yeah. Uh, Kim, do you have any final thoughts? Any reflections um, on?
2: I mean, <laughs> I love this movie for a lot of reasons. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think there's a lot that one into this movie that. You know, we didn't get to touch on, but um, if you do look up, there's, like, a documentary about the making of this movie that was released, I believe, in 2000-something. And it goes into, basically, how they made the movie, and that shit's pretty cool as well.
0: If go ahead. You go into learn- some of that a bit. I mean, it's,
2: it's just more so—I mean, it's a lot. I don't want to, like, talk too much about it either, because time-wise. But there's a lot in terms of, like, what the actors and actresses had to go through and, like, the the setting, how to get that authenticity of the setting without having to physically build anything— um, this was done and directed by Toby Hopper, I believe is his name.
0: Hooper, I believe.
2: He also, funny enough, also did Poltergeist. So he is, this movie was kind of what put him on the scene. Um, and then Poltergeist obviously became another successful movie as well. But this movie definitely did a lot for the genre. It, it was in between Night of the Living Dead I'm sorry, it came after Night of the Living Dead and Last House on the Left. And then this one came out in 94. So he very much did catapult the direction that horror was going into. And I think Wes Craven, obviously, also was a part of that as well with his movie Last House on the Left. um, Did very good. They both, on all of them, worked together really well to get the genre to where it is now. So I think credit to him. Definitely one of those directors you hear about all the time when it comes to the genre in the 70s. So I love Leatherface. I think he's adorable. The mask was amazing. I think the concept was amazing. Yes, it was based on a real person, which to me, loving true crime makes me love this even more. So I'm partially biased in that sense because I think Ed Gein was really fucked up and I love to see it portrayed in the movie. Um, And yeah, there's there's like a lot of like really cool funny things about, you know, the making of the movie that probably, if you're interested in, a documentary out it's really fucking cool as well um and it makes it i guess more enjoyable to watch it after once you know a bit of like how certain scenes were made and what was real versus what was it um and yeah things like that so i love this movie 10 out of 10 all the way
0: um i i, I agree with everything you said um i do uh, just real quick i think it's um there's like a, a conspiracy theory that's like pretty much accepted that steven spielberg based off of um, some kind of restriction with the Academy or something like that, couldn't direct two movies and have them both be up for Oscars or whatever. So it's greatly thought that Toby Hooper didn't have anything to do with... I mean, he had some involvement in Poltergeist, but he's on Poltergeist in name only, and Steven Spielberg, who had another movie up for an Academy Award that year... Um, couldn't take credit for poltergeist and also allow it to be nominated or something around those lines and it's pretty much greatly thought that toby hooper was just a name on poltergeist but poltergeist is steven spielberg's movie how interesting
2: because yeah steven spielberg is on as like the writer like the story is by him but i always saw the director as hooper so that's pretty interesting
0: but I, I pretty much agree with everything you said about Texas Chainsaw. I think in watching it again, I noticed that there was a lot more dead air in it than I remembered. But even after just watching it, us sitting here and discussing it now, I feel like I had so much to talk about and there were so many memorable scenes and we couldn't talk with the exception of the, the dark flashlight scenes with Jerry. Um, there was something to talk about or some memorable moment in everything. So maybe there's not quite as much dead air as I thought, you know, because mm-hmm. there was yeah. so much, I mean, this is our longest podcast ever. And were, we, we had so much to discuss about this movie in particular that we kind of widely said in the beginning had a lot of unnecessary shit in it (laughs) but it's also the shortest movie we've ever watched so the shortest movie (laughs) we've ever watched has created the longest podcast and we're like there was some unnecessary shit so that must mean that the shit that was in there was strong Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and we barely talked about Harry Potter or piss or anything in yeah. this one. So <laughs> we're <laughs> colonial women. Darn, <laughs> we were we were pretty on point. <laughs> uh so yeah, I think I think I've said all I've really had to say about Texas Chainsaw. I had fun watching it again, and I couldn't agree more about Leatherface looking iconic in this movie. I think uh it, he's on. Even if this is really his only truly great movie that he's in, he's still on horror movie Mount Rushmore, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. hundred his, his head's still carved. Adorable. Um, I think this leads for two relative duds for AJ in a row now with The Descent and Texas Chainsaw. But yeah. uh, uh, hopefully we'll find something more her taste soon or maybe we won't that's kind of the goal of the podcast is to (laughs) not necessarily make aj happy but show her a variety of shit and let us know what she thinks (laughs) um so uh anything before we go before we wrap this up no i think we're good all right well thanks for listening um our social media should at this point still be at spooky drunk pod if it's not um i will edit this out later and insert me saying some other name <laughs> or whatnot <laughs> um but until then probably spooky drunk pod uh next week we'll be watching shia labeouf's holes on uh, <laughs> uh from 2003 and i'm looking forward to it uh until then i've been Aaron.
1: i've been aj i'm kim
0: and shout out to our designated driver molly
1: Woo. Dude, oh, oh
0: oh dig it <laughs> Oh, we're gonna see Sigourney Weaver in holes. I'm so excited. Holy shit. Hey, look at that. I'm talking about I'm not talking about a man that excitedly. I'm stuck for Sigourney Weaver. Alright. Alright, well until then, I'll uh see you in hell. Bye.